can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Perfect Max from Natural Chemistry is the premier weekly maintenance product for all pools. This 3-in-1 technology enhances clarity, maximizes pool program efficiency, and prevents problems. Take every pool care program to the max with Pool Perfect Max. Whether training a new employee or enhancing your own knowledge, Natural Chemistry offers a comprehensive online training program that covers everything from basic water chemistry to maximizing efficiency and troubleshooting. Visit www.ncprotraining.com today. But I don't have any food. I did not. I was in such a rush. And, you know, we're, I was late getting to this recording uh, appointment. Why is that? <laughs> Why is again, what? Again, do you think that it was one of the hosts of the Pool Nation podcast that just intentionally <laughs> drives slowly in front of you to delay you getting to the Talking Pools podcast? Do you think that's what it is? I think that's what it is, but here's what I'll here's what it truly is, okay? So, my I have two choices for a route home, right? Now, I can take 95 from literally like where I work is on the road that the exit is on and also mm-hmm. so is my house so that's okay. obviously the fastest way but that's a pretty crazy gamble right especially at three thirty. well yeah that's when everybody's starting to head home i wouldn't mm-hmm. want to be on 95 at that point right in time. so my other option aside from actually so no i have three options us1 which is just that would have taken me an hour my that's worse my option, which is what I did was there's this back road that goes like behind 95, well, not behind, but west of 95. And that pretty much comes, takes me right to my street almost. So that's the place that I, that's the route that I decided to go, but it's a no passing zone the entire way. And, you know, you get somebody. That's where the pool, the pool nation guy came in. You get somebody wanting to drive five miles, (laughs) somebody driving five miles below the speed limit he was probably waiting like Smokey and the f***ing bandit waiting for you to come through and then as soon as you did he pulled out and right in front of you and slowed down I think that's exactly what happened Woo! Lola or there's a school there too so you get buses Mm, it's ridiculous. We have a bunch of things going on today. <laughs> One of the things that I did want to talk about a little bit briefly was AOP. It's really starting to become a bigger thing in the industry, especially now. I, I'm not going to deny it. I'm neither going to confirm nor, de- nor deny this. Are you ready? <laughs> Andrea, interrupt us. Drink. <laughs> and that is advanced, advanced oxidation. Oxidation process there you potential. go potential no process. oh i got it the first time 
you get Process. this the first okay. time. Nicely done. Nicely done. Yes. Yes. But it's you. becoming a bigger deal in the industry. And they actually, they're going with one of the less effective methods of producing AOP, but it is the easier application. And it's the application that's easier to monitor on the pool as well. And we'll talk about that just a moment. Then, of course, we love hearing your stories. And then we have a guest as well. <laughs> so we do have a guest. Let's start with what you have going on. What, how about let's introduce the show first. Welcome to the Talking Pools podcast. Yeah, podcast. We, we've been forgetting to do that lately. But anyway, I'm Andrea and this guy's Rudy over here. <laughs> we do tend to jump ahead sometimes. I think we get excited about the subject matter. <laughs> We're pool nerds. We get excited. Well, it's for like sure. our friends show up and you know what? I And it's it's starting to get to feel like, you know what? Hey, I know who you guys are and welcome here and, and hoping you know who we are. But yeah, I'm Rudy Stankwitz. Welcome to the show. We have some good stuff going on for you today. I think you're going to enjoy it. We also have some good tips on how you can increase your profitability. That's coming up as well. Sure is. Um, nothing really interesting happened to me today. <laughs> oh, you know what happened to me today? I went to get in my truck and um, it wouldn't start. The battery was dead. So that's always a frustrating start to anyone's morning. From your but, house? No, my work truck. At work. You, will you drive and pick this one up yeah. or do you take it home with you? This one I do not take home. I drive to the shop, switch out vehicles. Um but yeah, so my work truck, my actual pool cleaning truck, had a dead battery this morning. And so I had to take, um, coincidentally, someone, one of the other pool cleaners, fell while he was cleaning a pool. I think, I don't know the all the details. I, he fell off of, like he was standing near the spa spillway and he was doing something and a paver came loose underneath his foot and he fell. Um and hurt himself. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so he was out of work today, and so I took his truck. Okay, I was waiting to see how this tied together. I took his truck, yeah. It usually does. Sometimes it's a really long loop to get there, but you do tend to well, make it back to where you need to be. So your dad yeah, or you was dead. I'm you just left your truck there. Teller. I'm just, yeah. Yeah, well, they got it fixed while I was out doing the my route in the... Uh, <laughs> Nice. I was out doing the, I did the other guys, or I did my route in the other guy's truck. Then we switched back and the, the owner of the company actually brought me my truck and we uh, switched out. Well, can is I that ask, good rum? Can I ask you, is, is the, is the other guy okay? Uh, he's yeah, I got, he got a doctor's note. So I guess it was. Okay. But it's not like serious. he hit his head and he's in an ICU or anything like that. He's home. He just needs to take, he needs to rest a little bit. He needs to rest. I think he like hurt his back or his elbow or something. He hit because oh, you're coming across his, like himself. You're coming across like okay. Well, my battery was dead, but it's a good thing this guy fell and almost killed himself, so I could start my route. That's no, I didn't mean to imply that. Um, he did not almost kill himself. He was he's okay. A little banged up, but okay. You've had uh, positions where both, right? Like this, where you have to go pick up your truck, swap out your vehicle, get in their vehicle, and then take off and clean pools. But you've also had positions where the companies have allowed you to take the work truck home. Correct. Is there a benefit to one over the other or to both of them? They both have pros and cons. What do you think? Um, with the other company, I <coughs> – God damn it. <coughs> 
with the other company, I was cleaning pools that were in between in between my house and you know the shop right? right so it made more sense to me instead of leaving my house passing this pool going to the shop switching everything out whatever else happens and then driving back to where i just came from you know to get to this pool so i asked i had permission you know i asked if i could just take the truck home i'll fill up at the end of the day that way when i go home i have a full truck i can start much earlier i get like an 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 hour um head start from from having to go and switch vehicles out um this company I'm working for now is south is much further south of my house. Okay. So it wouldn't make sense for me to take the truck home. There are companies though that that's part of their normal procedure. That's their normal method of operation. They just have the techs take the trucks home. You've heard this. I've never worked for a I've heard of sorry, my notif I've never worked for a company that uh did that. They always have to get special permission to take it home. You have some good advice for those people, though, that allow their employees to take the vehicle home. You have the best advice in the world for them, actually, right? You shouldn't fire someone who's taken home your vehicle and then expect them to drive it back <laughs> while not being covered under that insurance. <laughs> Absolutely right. That's right. If you let an employee take the vehicle home, have them come in to fire Before them. You them. Yeah, have them drive in, then fire them. Don't call them on the phone. That was fun. Don't call them on the phone. Tell them they don't work for you anymore and then say, oh, by the way, can you drive the truck back? F*** you. No, come pick up your piece of shit out of my driveway before I start charging you f***ing rent on the thing. That's what happened Absolutely. There. Or before I called to have it towed. Exactly. That was another option. Putting it up on bricks, yeah. all kinds of things could have happened to that <laughs> to that vehicle. That was that was risky. So if you are one of those companies, there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with letting people take the vehicle home. I think that's kind of cool. But if you're going to fire them, have them come in. <laughs> right? Yes, exactly. So we have lots of things going on. It's still uncertain. We're still uncertain as toward the nature of chlorine supply in the industry. We know that despite all the reassurances everybody's getting at these trade shows, we know that there is a worldwide urea shortage. We cannot have a PP shortage. Because <laughs> if we have a shortage in urea, that also means we're going to have a shortage in... Cyanuric acid. Correct, because synthetic urea, that's what the shortage is in. And the reason for that is in order to save costs of operating facilities all throughout Europe, they have shut down these urea factories. The biggest demand for so gross. The biggest demand for urea. urea factory. Are you ready? Andrea interrupt us. Drink. The biggest demand for urea is farming. We're we're at the kitty table in demand as far as this goes, as far as manufacturing stabilized chlorine. So they're going to get their needs fulfilled first, just simply because they spend a shit ton more money on the product. But we need it because the way you manufacture cyanuric acid is through the heat degradation of synthesized urea. From that process, you get both cyanuric acid, and then also melamine, which is one of Andrea's personal favorites. Yeah, we make plates out of it. It's great. Plates, and then, of course, our favorite sponge, algae-killing tool. The magic eraser. 
<laughs> so we have that to contend with too. So I wanted to, I just wanted to bring up one of the options. Like I said, AOP, which we started to talk about, is one of the alternatives. And the way this works is it's based upon the dissociation of hydrogen peroxide. In that process, we end up with this thing that's called a hydroxyl radical. It's the neutral form of the hydroxide. We like this. We call it advanced oxidation process because it oxidizes much, much quicker than anything else that we could use in that pool. And the way it decomposes organics and inorganics is by actually breaking apart the bonds that hold these molecules together. They call that cracking. Do you have any pools that have any of these systems on them currently? Um, currently, no. Uh, wait, I have a spa with a UV system. I mean, that's that's the extent of the okay. of the alternative sanitizer. Yeah, just use just UV. And and everybody listening is very familiar with UV. It uses radiation to destroy contaminants. Mm-hmm. Ozone. That's O3. Oxygen is O2. When you split an oxygen molecule, you'll get a quantity of two of O1. Oxygen doesn't want to be O1, so it kind of goes into a tizzy and then hooks up with the first thing that comes along, right? You've been there. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was worth a laugh. (laughs) Anyway, sometimes it hooks up with an exist another O1 and it becomes O2 again, which again is oxygen. Sometimes that O1 hooks up with an O2 and what you get is O3. And that's what ozone is. So and that's manufactured for swimming pools or in very, very much the same way it happens in nature. If you've ever been close to an electrical storm when lightning strikes, that odor you get in the air, that's ozone what you're smelling because that lightning strike is actually strong enough powerful enough to split an oxygen molecule i almost dropped my phone sorry um i get headaches when there's like a thunderstorm looming i don't know is that the same thing no that's probably a difference in the barometric pressure dropping that you feel pressure in your head Ah. until the storm actually starts and then you feel some relief after that Mm -hmm. once the rain starts then you're probably feeling a little bit better i think so yeah usually Pay attention, damn it. So the other place you might actually smell that ozone odor, believe it or not, is in a copy center. That light going back and forth in the copy machine, that's actually strong enough on a very low level to split oxygen molecules. So that copy machine smell that people are familiar with, that's also ozone. It works in conjunction with these things. And we need to either add peroxide, hydrogen peroxide, or make hydrogen peroxide in the process. So. I think there's, what, four different ways that we can go about manufacturing this. So I just want to go through a couple of them. UV and ozone, that's what we have out there now. We don't have to actually add hydrogen peroxide because UV actually has enough energy to begin the decomposition of ozone in UV photolysis, which when it's in water, it produces the hydroxyl radical and hydrogen peroxide, which it uses. So that's the method out there right now, but that's also the method that produces the least amount of AOP of this hydroxyl radical. Right now, I'm literally the meme of the woman with all the math symbols and shit floating around her head. (laughs) (laughs) That's, oh, what's her face Uh, from Nurse Ratchet, right? Sarah Paulson? Is that who that is? I don't know. Is it? She's also from American Horror Story. Mm. I think it is. 
Anyway, there is a way that we can there is a way that we can bump it up. There's a way that we can boost it. We can actually get more hydroxyl radical generation, and that's by actually adding hydrogen peroxide. Some of the systems use just ozone with the addition of hydrogen peroxide. That will give us that hydroxyl radical. Some systems use just UV with hydrogen peroxide. Some use all three, um, hydrogen peroxide, ozone, and then UV. I, yes. I have installed a, um, not me, but I did have a pool that had installed on it a one of those Hayward AOP unit system things. Okay. What are they called? What'd you think of it? Um, I didn't actually take care of the pool for very much longer after that was um, installed. So I have really nothing to say about it. Rudy and Andrea will be right back with more Flock at Fridays after these messages. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable, and these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with a pro's time and comfort in mind, the patented double locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleanings faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at blu-rayxl.com. Blu-ray all day. Pool Magazine is the hottest new publication for the pool and spa industry. Featuring up-to-the-minute news on what's happening in the pool world in a fresh new stylized format with our mobile-friendly app. Pool Magazine is the app for keeping your fingers on the pulse of the pool industry. You'll find featured news, editorials, podcasts, videos, and more on the Pool Magazine app. Download on Google Play and the App Store. This hydroxyl radical is a very, very short-lived thing. It's not going to make it out to the pool. It's going to live and die in the plumbing. It's going to do all of its work in the plumbing, and that's it. And probably not the entirety of the plumbing either. So this is a contact kill. So is this enough to maintain a pool without having to use chlorine? Um, I No, because you're going to have, because <laughs> the, the water is going to go back to the dirty pool. Right. Now, it will kill everything that passes through. Cryptosporidium, Giardia, it kills it much, much quicker than anything else we have availability to. But the problem is, is it has to pass through the plumbing. And not everything in the water always does, especially when you have dead spots mm. in circulation. It's sure as shit not going to kill the algae that's stuck to or the wall. Or in the corner where you have no return circulation. Exactly. So that's one of the reasons that we have to have a minimum chlorine level with 
one of these alternative or secondary oxidation forms of oxidation will go with secondary. You want to talk about hydrodynamic because it just hydrodynamic cavitation. (laughs) No. Did you want to talk about that? We can talk about that. I know what you're talking about. Well, it's the same principle. There's a unit out there now. What it does is it restricts the water flow through the pipe. And by restricting the water flow, they cause the water to cavitate, which means that it produces these tiny little bubbles of steam that implode upon themselves. Exactly the same thing that would happen if you restrict the amount of water going into the pump. It creates a low pressure system inside. We did. We spoke about that last week. So now we have these systems out there that intentionally cause cavitation. And we talked about and you always laugh at me because I always happen to have You just have your Andy, impeller sitting there. A bronze. I just happen to have a bronze impeller that's uh, where all the veins are destroyed due to cavitation, not corrosion. And that's the process in which this destroys bacteria, algae, things along those lines. So does it work? Probably because as those bubbles implode, they'll send out a shock wave that can destroy those things. But one, we're causing the plummet, the the pool to cavitate, which is never a good thing. Even if it's on the discharge side, there is such a thing as discharge cavitation that can actually cause a backup and cause it to cavitate inside the pump as well if it restricts it by Uh-oh. too much. And then we're still relying on it only being able to kill what passes through right. the plumbing. It's not going to still be clean once it gets back to the pool that is filled with contaminants. It is not going to do thing, shit for anything that the stays The other thing in with pool. those units is the claims that they make are just, they claim you don't need any other chemicals. You don't, it, it takes care of everything, which is just not true. Right. You can kill algae by picking <laughs> up your pool. I can maintain the water so chemically toxic that nothing can grow in it. In fact, you've seen it before too. Mm-hmm. If you go out to a pool where the pH and total alkalinity are incredibly low, and they've been maintained that way for a period of time, that water is typically crystal clear. Yep. Because it's at a point that nothing can grow in. The same thing if water gets too old. People worry about total dissolved solids being too high and things not working and the water looking like crap. But the reality of it is, is there's also this thing known as TDS toxicity, where things just can't live at certain levels of TDS or total dissolved solids. And for green algae, you're looking at about uh, 1,400 parts per million of TDS. It gets more difficult for green algae to grow. Not impossible, but more difficult. Because that point, we're in brackish water. And freshwater algae doesn't tend to grow in brackish water. Brackish water is 1,200 parts per million. So fourteen to 1,600 parts per million starts to get hard for, for green algae to grow. When you start to get it 18 to 2,200 parts per million, it starts to get difficult for mustard algae to grow. Again, not impossible. It grows at a much, much slower rate. So once you get up there around 3,000 parts per million, more challenging for black algae, which we know is cyanobacteria, but it's more challenging for that to grow. And this is part of it. And you see it all the time. If you have a saltwater pool that you take care of, they can get algae, but it takes so much longer for algae to become established in that saltwater pool than it would for a pool that uses a more traditional means of getting Not its chlorine. Not if you just never add salt to the 
to the salt pool, then it's pretty easy to get algae. But it, So yeah, so if you take the salt out of the saltwater pool, Andrea, <laughs> then it is no longer a saltwater well, you know pool. what I meant. <laughs> so take a look at the AOP systems out there in the area because they can help mm-hmm. you, as well as salt water pools. Again, if you're looking to stretch your chlorine level, that's a great you way to go about it. You can put this on commercial, there are some other on commercial systems, right? Is that a thing that's allowed? Okay. Are you ready? Andrea, interrupt us. Drink. You can put those on commercial on commercial systems, right? Is that a thing that's allowed? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. You have to have a backup to it. You still have to have some right, type of chlorine right. backup to your saltwater system in a commercial application. Uh, look at UV. Look at ozone. There's benefits to all of these things. Again, supplemental oxidation. They will all enable you to use much, much less chlorine in your customer's pools. And you have the beauty of selling them the unit installing the unit. And then if it's one of your regular customers, it's going to use less chlorine as you maintain it. So all in all, you've created a more profitable environment and you are doing this person a a service. That's a customer service by setting them up with a better system. Are there side effects like with like, was that that an interruption? Are there side (laughs) effects like high pH in a salt system? (laughs) Like do they raise pH or do they make the water like bubbly or something. I don't know. No, but I like to point out the fact that you interrupted <laughs> me. And I also want to talk about something else really quick. We've mentioned this before and, and we keep going back to pricing, especially during this pandemic chlorine shortage, quarantine at home, huge boost in pool builds throughout the country. And one of the things that we constantly run into are folks that are a little bit nervous about increasing their price. And you happen to live in a part of the country, as do I, that is known for having the absolute lowest pricing for pool service. It's still pretty bad. I'd like to say that it's gotten better, but I mean, I I typically don't hear of the $60 a month um, horror show any longer. I'm sure, it, I'm sure it's still out there, but... Uh, usually, and in my area, I think like there's still a lot of 85 a month, you know, 90 a month pool service companies out there. So, and that includes, includes chemicals. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck? Now here's the thing. This doesn't just apply to Florida though, because this applies everywhere because you know what, no matter where you are in the country, you could, you could charge more and make more money. And you should get as much as you can for what you do. And one of the things I always say is that you need to stop thinking about what the value is to you. For me to have someone come and clean my pool? To have somebody come and clean your pool. What's that worth? So, what would you be willing to spend? What would I be willing to spend? Um, yeah, all things like they are right now. If there was a pool in your backyard, what would you be willing to pay I that person? Am I just a, no, a, a normal homeowner it? with no pool experience, or or do I you have are, my all no, my knowledge? You're just you. Okay, just you. Well, I mean, yeah. I would I would pay whatever the you know I would find a company that I trusted that I believed had the knowledge that I wanted. Well, give I don't me a know. Number. And I would ha- I would charge I would pay. Oh my god. One hundred. I don't think I would pay two hundred. Three hundred. Would you pay three hundred? 
you wouldn't pay 200 a month. All right, well, here's the thing. It doesn't matter <laughs> what you would pay because you're not your customer. So it, it doesn't matter at all. Pay. And you got to take Company you out of me. your- Jesus Christ. You got to take you out of your own way. And that's where I wanted to bring in our guest, Rob Matthews, because he's done exactly that. Yeah, I hear, I hear you're doing something and pretty crazy over there. <laughs> he's an avid listener. He listens to the show all the time, and he is prepared. He knows that when Andrea interrupts, <laughs> they drink. And he has he has brought himself, it's a bottle of rum, and he's drinking every time Andrea interrupts. <laughs> so that that's one of the other things. So Rob might not make it to the end of the show. I was going to say, this might be pretty wild the end let me let me get a drink too (laughs) so here's the thing i don't normally we don't we don't do a lot of interviews this is not an interview show that's not the type of show that this is but this is an interesting subject to me because i work this market andrea works this market um i haven't done it in quite a while but when i sold my company back in 2014 at that point in time i think i was starting at 160 to 170 a month. And this is during a recession in Florida. That's where I was starting at. And I included chemicals, but it was 160, 170 a month. And that was a small screened in pool, which they're not that challenging. And the pricing all around me was significantly lower, but I was able to get that dollar amount. And I did that because I wanted to charge what the job was worth, not what I thought it was worth, not what it would be worth to me because I'm not my customer. Rob's here because I have six or seven invoices that show that he's charging 400, 500 plus per month for pool service in Florida. Is that including chemicals or no? Tune in next Flock It Friday with Rudy and Andrea on the Talking Pools podcast to hear how in the hell this single parlor from Williston has been getting the owners of small screen enclosed pools in Florida to pay $500 or more per month for one time per week pool service. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 